This is Flickers. Thematic explorations of the good, the true, and the beautiful in music. I'm Matt Linder. And I'm Monica Howard. Now, last episode, we heard Damon Ham, Chris Carnati, and Crispin Mayfield's Salvation Selections. And now we'll turn our attention to Jeremy Doan on Weapons and Flight. Also, Blake Collier brings us his thoughts on Betray. I'm excited as we're finally exploring a psalm that is extremely important to Sun Lux's catalog, but gets to the heart of salvation. Here's Jeremy on Weapons. Weapons, yeah, that, that song and that theme. And ju- I mean, ju- just that the, those simple lyrics. Those are the only lyrics, right? The lay down all your weapons, let me in through your open wounds. That to me, that is the the key of salvation, particularly of the Christian view of salvation. It's it's giving up, it's surrendering, it's this realization that you can't do anything, that you're broken, that you have these wounds, and it's just a complete surrender over to some other person. And it, and it's it, it's it's all it's an immediate thing. It's like surrendering over to to whomever it is that you're seeking salvation from. But it's also an eventual thing. It's like I, I will be saved. It's giving over to this power. And, and there's something about the way that the song builds. There, there's this just just forward driving. And I think that song represents the um, kind of that that tension between the brightness and the and the chaos. The way that in that song, how the, it's not really a kick drum, it's just this bass rumbling drum that just kind of rolls forward. And at the same time, there's this chaos. that towards the end of the song it kind of i don't think the rhythm drops out but the, but there's other sounds going on there that drop out and then they come back in with it almost sounds like a trumpet
and then it continues this 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 forward driving motion of the drum and you think about i think about salvation i also think about the the kingdom of god and how in in christianity those two are are so tied and it's almost like becoming becoming a part of the kingdom you know jesus and the the rich young ruler where he give up all your goods and give to the poor. There's that that idea that you have to give up something and let him in, and he's unwilling to do that. But that's how you get into the kingdom. And yet, regardless of that, you, or, or I should say, we're saved for the kingdom, but the kingdom is coming no matter what. And, and, and the way that that song drives forward and the trumpet, trumpet E, the horny sound, reminds me of whatever that passage is. And is it Ephesians that talks about when Jesus returns, the, the, the trumpet will sound and, and Jesus will come back to establish that kingdom. I think there's a way that you can overlay that idea of the already not yet view of the kingdom on that song. Maybe not at all what they intended, but, but that's what it makes me think of. And that's why I chose it for, for salvation. Is that surrender over to, to Christ becoming a part of the kingdom because it's it's coming along, it's progressing forward and eventually will destroy the systems of the world. That's where the chaos in my my mind comes in. The it's like things are breaking apart and this new thing is is entering in with that trumpet sound. Fascinating how even the music supports this theme of newness breaking through the chaos. And nothing can be more radical than bursting through the chaos by offering salvation to even those who wrong you, as Blake unpacks in his analysis of Betray. So Betray is is probably one of my all-time favorite Sunlock songs. It's the song that uh, first drew me in to his first album. It is probably the anchor on that album. The reason why I kept listening to it over and over again, because I didn't automatically uh, like every single song on the album when I first started listening to it, but I always knew that I loved this song. And so I would keep listening to it. And part of that is I just absolutely love the beautiful bird-like trills that happen during the song. Flutters, uh, beautiful kind of harmonious flutters. So once again, as we have pretty much throughout this whole album, as we have a steady beat that carries us through each song. But on this one, the beat kind of gives way uh, fairly early on to (laughs) what I can only describe as a funky bass riff uh, whenever Ryan starts singing. You will betray me, baby, and I will be true. again he basically says one phrase the whole song uh, and it goes you will betray me baby and i will be true i only ask may i share dinner with you this is a song that on the surface is just it's a song between lovers 
betrayal has taken place and and one of them is offering the the offending party forgiveness i love how the nature of the lyrics lend themselves to uh, both earthly concerns how we fail each other in relationships and yet for those relationships to uh, to continue one person the, the the person who was offended or the victim of the betrayal has to offer a costly act of forgiveness uh, to the person uh, otherwise reconciliation really can't happen and and so i like how that concern and how the beauty of the song speaks to that concern but i also like how it mirrors the more divine spiritual element and the relationship that we as humans have with god god always has an impetus toward salvation we have betrayed him we're the offending party in this relationship and 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 he's been true just like the the phrase says and the dinner he offers i imagine in my head whenever i hear the song is the body and the blood of his son uh, and i don't think that's an overly spiritual reading uh, of the song especially within the context of the whole album i, I would almost say that this the first album is probably his most spiritually in-depth album in the sense that I feel like he kind of gets at the spiritual nature of of his own faith and and his own kind of reaction to the noise of the world. I always imagine as he repeats that line, may I share dinner with you? I, I think of the body of the blood, how we're eating of the bread and the and the wine. once again is liturgical and and it becomes a a monument a reminder that god's plan always aims for reconciliation with his creation um even the birds that i imagine in my head whenever the music trills testify to god's love and his care because he even cares for them and so so much more so for us uh, in, in that event song with the funky bass line and down-tempo sadness that kind of plays in the background is really about joy and really about love and what it takes for relationships to be uh, healed. Um, I just find that to be a perfect picture of, of salvation. Salvation can only come through um, someone paying a cost uh, for the offense that's been done to them, and, and so it's a it's not a not a cheap grace. It's a uh, it's a very costly grace. And so, uh, whenever I imagine this lover, whenever they're asking uh, to share dinner with this person, it's not it's very painful, not easy. I would imagine there's all sorts of jealousy and vengeance in their mind, and hatred and anger, all sorts of pain. And so, whenever they ask a simple question like may I share, share dinner with you? There's a lot of things tied up in that phrase, <laughs> just like I think there was with um, the Last Supper and the uh, the breaking of the bread and the 
shedding of the wine or the the giving of the wine. So, yeah, this is a a beautiful song. It still gets me every time I listen to it. And I think it's a brilliant kind of testament to to God's love and his, his aim for salvation. What do you make of the moment about, I don't know, two thirds of the way through where the drum stop, the bass kind of just slides out and it's silence for a second or two? I've, you know, I've, I've thought about that quite often and I've never come to a a conclusion that I felt comfortable uh, with, but I would say that I mean, it's so it's it's one of the few truly silent moments in the album, and part of me thinks that maybe some some Lux, after having repeated it two or three times at that point, feel like he's giving a moment for it to sink in. There's times when liturgy is good. There's times when repetition is good, but sometimes you 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 have to walk away and you have to. Kind of sit in silence and let it sink in, and so part of me thinks that that little moment of silence, that where the drum dies down and the bass dies down, is his him saying, "No, actually, actually, listen to what I'm saying. This means more than than maybe what you're taking it to mean, and just sit in thought and and emotion for just a few seconds." Uh, before I, I bring back in the music and uh, go back in. So that's my only take. That's that's about as good as I've been able to come up with. And I've pondered over that moment for what over ten years at this point. <laughs> so. Yeah, that share one more. Part of me, part of me thinks that that is an element in which it's the recognition a lot of times that while salvation itself is a one-time act, I mean, Jesus died and rose again once, and he only had to do it once in order for salvation to be uh, fruitful. Doesn't mean that we will not continue to betray, <laughs> and God will continue to ask for one more dinner with us. A continuation of almost a monument. You're looking back and saying, remember that, that dinner we had when you betrayed me last time? Look back on that. Let me ha- let me have one more, and maybe you'll you'll be reminded of it again, and your heart will be made new again. Because we're not done yet. I mean, until uh, until we die or Jesus comes back on a pale white horse, we're we're not done. <laughs> we're going to continue making mistakes, and so in a lot of senses, I, I feel like uh, at least in my reading of the song that we are in constant need of the grace of his body and blood, that we need to be reminded of the cost and 
I think that works relationally too. I think it works in the sense that we, in our marriages and our friendships and whatnot, we, we have to be reminded of what it means and what the cost is to, to further those relationships and to keep them going and to heal them. It's crazy how so much meaning can be gleaned from that small phrase. Yeah, definitely. What's a truly humbling thought. So we've heard all these interpretations of salvation in Salem Lux's music as presently focused, but in flight, Jeremy sees a future orientation to salvation. I I mean, the song Salvation is also talking about resurrection. It's talking about, you know, trade this heavy cage of bones for flight. And, and, and there's just so much of it. This is the more of the aspect of salvation that's, that's looking forward towards, I guess, it's a more eschatological view of salvation. It's not just that we have, you know, surrendered our weapons and, and allowed them into open wounds, but this heavy cage of bones, we're, we're going to trade that for flight. And when the sirens reach out for us, we'll be far away. So, you know, in, in the Christian view, there's the the three aspects of salvation, justification, sanctification, and resurrection, um, or glorification, I've heard it called too. And this is kind of about those latter two, that when the sirens reach out to us, we'll be far away. You know, it, it, you can almost, you can fairly easily overlay the idea of our sinful nature, our, our sinful tendencies with the heavy cage of bones. And, and, you know, the sirens as the, the world, the flesh and the devil, all, all those things that cause us to stumble, all those things that cause us to fall, um, when they'll reach out for us, we'll be far away. We, we, we're living a more spiritual, transcendent life. Um, but but there's also this this idea of oh what a noise we'll make we'll shout until our bones break we can't replace and you know again to go back to that passage and. Thessalonians, where he talks about the trumpet shall sound and and we'll meet him with a shout. You know, I don't know if it says it there, but I know there's other passages that talks about, you know, meeting Christ with a shout. And again, I don't know if that's explicitly what they're referencing here, but that's that's what it makes me think of this time where we'll there'll be a shout. This the 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 horns will will blow and 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 we'll be released from our all the foibles of of our earthly nature will be given resurrected bodies and that, and that idea of oh oh what a noise will make drowning out our mistakes and in that time where all the mistakes we made all the sins all the areas we screwed up won't matter um we can't erase them but but we'll drown them out at that final shout are we now what we'll be are we fixed or Just that, I mean, I think I had it as my Twitter bio for a while that are we now what we'll be? Are we fixed or free? And just the hope that 
the way things are now are not the way they will always be. The way that we are now is not the way that we'll once be. That hope of change, that hope of resurrection, which for me more and more is so key to salvation. Not just that I will be changed, but that everything around me, the whole state of things around the world will be changed. That the way things are aren't fixed. And from a global perspective, we'll, we will be will released from this cage of bones, our, our cage of death and destruction, and we'll shout and all our mistakes will be erased. And that, th- that aspect of the song speaks to me so, so profoundly. I can't imagine what what exactly they're thinking of other than that because it's so it, it it seems to fall in line so closely with Christian teaching. Maybe they had other things in mind, but it just seems so so obvious and explicit to me that I'd be fairly surprised if they had something else totally in mind. What do you, what do you make of that? It's either like a flute or a violin line that is throughout the song. I mean, that that conjures up images of a bird, I think, to me. Maybe it's Peter and the Wolf somewhere in the back of my mind. A quick the um the flute with the bird or whatever whatever type of bird it is in that 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 piece or maybe a butterfly it's 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 something light it's something the way birds fly or the way butterflies float on the air it's it's that that little trill or whatever you would call it very closely ident- or, or or very much in my mind identifies flight it's it's that's what what's happening to us is we're flying and so the the idea of wind and floating along the wind certainly i i again i'd be surprised if they weren't trying to evoke that that idea of floating along the wind hey that sets us up really nicely for next week's theme of resurrection good job jeremy we appreciate that now that we've wrapped up salvation we want to hear from you Tell us what Sun Luck song you would choose for salvation by calling us at 1916-407-1390 or record an audio message with your phone and email it to flickerspodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to include your thoughts on the final episode of this podcast. And don't forget that you can check out the bonus episode for this week right now. This week, we take a deeper dive into that reoccurring weapons theme shout out to this episode's contributors jeremy doan and blake collier subscribe 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 and then make sure to rate and review us on apple Podcasts to help boost us tell everyone and anyone you know who's a sun lux fan and even those who aren't yet this episode was produced and edited by me matt linder storyboarding and scripting assistance by armani peterson and me monica howard